Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, and today I've got a firecracker in studio with me today. My friend Suzanne Gallagher is here. She is the Executive Director for Parents' Rights and Education, and we're going to talk to you about how you can get off the bench and onto the battlefield in the field of education. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. A couple things, you guys, before we get going. First of all, I wanted to let you know that I am going to be coming to speak at Answers in Genesis. That's happening the weekend of the 20th of March. I'll be speaking at their awesome conference center. You guys can check that out in the show notes today. And I want to just encourage you guys to participate in this event on March 20th. So this is the same weekend as my appearance at Teach Them Diligently. So I will be double dipping that weekend. A lot of you guys are asking me, I will be in Nashville for the Teach Them Diligently conference, the 18th and 19th. And then I'll be traveling up to the Ark Encounter and speaking for Answers for Women. You guys can find out more about that by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. You guys, there are still tickets available, so don't miss out. Also wanted to let you know that we are moving our way through my book, Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. And that study is happening at Mom Strong International. So you guys aren't going to want to miss that opportunity. All right. You guys know that I believe that the culture is on fire. Public schools are on fire, and large part of the reason why we are where we're at is because we've been sitting this thing out for too long. We've been sitting on the sidelines just hoping that people are going to do the right thing. And parents assume that what's happening in the public schools is pro-child and pro-family and pro-parent. But what we've discovered, at least for sure in the last 10 years, is that actually the opposite is happening in our schools. And I have made a new friend. A couple of years ago, I heard about Suzanne, and I was instantly interested. Interested because any woman who's going to be willing to get off the bench and onto the battlefield in the field of education has to have moxie. She has to have drive. She has to be willing to be uh, out there and be called names and be persecuted. And I found a soul sister in Suzanne Gallagher, and she's back in the studio with me today. Suzanne, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Heidi. You are fired up. I'm fired up. You are fired we up. We got to get going here. I There's mean, we have no a lot time. To do. Yeah, no yeah. time to lose. Tell me a little bit. Tell our listeners. We've got a whole lot of new people. People listening to the show since the last time that you were here. And you jumped into this battle headlong, not because you're anti public school, but because you're pro public school. So give everybody kind of your history and how you got into this fight for parental rights. Actually, I've been in the fight since our children were in school back in the early 90s. And very similar issues, but not nearly as strong and as committed on the other not side. Not nearly as in your face. Not nearly as in your face. And it at that time, it was the AIDS crisis, and some of you may remember that. Maybe you were in school at that time. Now you're raising your old children, and that was the first – and I didn't realize it at the time, of course, because I didn't have all the history that I have now. But it really for, – for me, it was the first mandatory K-12 through sexuality education in the state of Oregon. And so they use the crisis, quote, quote, the AIDS crisis, to introduce alternative lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And that was for kindergarten children, hand washing. 
And the image that was on their curriculum that pertained to kindergarten were two figures like you would see on, you know, on a restroom door, a public restroom door. Mm -hmm. And they were holding hands. And under those two figures was the or the definition or the description monogamy, Mm -hmm. not marriage, monogamy. And if you looked a little bit closer, because, you know, first glance, you thought, oh, two people holding hands. That's nice. Well, it was two men holding hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I attended a curriculum meeting at our local school district. They told me they put me on the list, but actually I discovered when I was seated next to a friend at a basketball game the weekend prior that this meeting was coming up. And I said, oh, my gosh. She said, you should be on that committee. And I said, well, actually, I was supposed to be. I guess they forgot to call me. Yeah, it's amazing. You slipped their mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So that started that started about six-year run of being involved in the public schools. And the reason I mention that is because it is indicative of the attention span, I guess I would call it the attention span, of a parent in the public school system. That's about all you can take is six years if you are doing it alone. And so... Well, that, parents are frustrated. I think they, well, feel, they, are. they feel overwhelmed. And what you're saying... Now, that started, you know, all these years ago, what's happened is the state via the public school system is encroaching on the rights of parents to up to direct the upbringing of their own children. And so it's really up to the parents to say what they think about human sexuality. It's really up to the parents to teach their children about religion. But we see that being taught now from uh, from very pointed backgrounds and particular points of view with regard to how we are teaching our children with everything from policy and politics to human sexuality to religion. This was never the job of the schools. It was never supposed supposed to be, right? We're trying to teach our children how to think, not what to think. And this is where the fight for parental rights has gotten to be so fierce, right? Right. And you have touched on all of the elements that really get to the heart of it. And that is, what is the role of a school? What is the proper role of the public school? Is it to address the, quote, whole child, which is what social emotional learning says? Is it to turn children away from the church, which is what CECAS and the sexual CSE or comprehensive sexuality education, that's what they are trying to do. Is it to disrupt the traditional family? Mm -hmm. Because that they and that's the stated purpose of Black Lives Matter. And that is the stated purpose of Black Lives Matter. So so those those goals, those underlying goals, they are not bashful. This is in black and white in their literature. Social emotional learning pushes it. Black Lives Matter pushes it. Sexuality education pushes it. Interesting to know, too, mm-hmm. that this is really a form of socialism. And I think people yes. need to hear this because socialism opposes parental mm-hmm. rights and education, right? Socialism would tell you that it's the state, not the parents, who control the education of children. And so almost from birth, what we have done is we've handed our children over to mm-hmm. these public institutions. And there they're taught what the state wants them to hear, regardless of parental views, right? So exactly. Evolution 
evolution right. must be taught, right? This mm-hmm. happened a long time right. ago, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, parents went from having a voice in the creation versus evolution discussion mm-hmm. to having no voice. They're not teaching creationism. They're not teaching an opposite point of view. They're mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, the science supports this. And so now the state has said, we will teach your children evolution as if it were fact and not yes. a theory. The same thing is happening right now with regard to transgenderism. Mm-hmm. We're told, oh, you're not woke enough, Suzanne. If you don't believe that men can be women and women can be men, then somehow you've missed the woke boat. Oh, well, the, you're a Neanderthal, You're a Neanderthal, right? <laughs> right? I love, you see the new Geico commercial. <laughs> right. Amazing. So it's like a fake Geico commercial, right? Mm-hmm. And you see this Neanderthal just going by this side, you know, <laughs> and the, the Neanderthals that are trying to open up their states and let people go back to work and let people earn a living. Well, you're a Neanderthal now if you want to do that. And what we need to be doing as parents, and this is where it feels Mm -hmm. overwhelming, which is why I so love what you're doing. The first step to making any progress in this environment at all is to say, we got a problem. So let me ask you the question, Mm -hmm. Suzanne, do we have a problem? We have a huge problem, but we also do have a solution. And and we, we would be remiss... Of course, I mean, I know you homeschool your children and and many of your listeners also do. We would be remiss, though, to think that our nation can be saved if everyone homeschools. We are are remiss to thinking that everyone is going to homeschool. Well, they're not going to for one thing. And it shouldn't matter to us. And I've been saying this for years. You know, of course, you know, we homeschooled our children. We saw the handwriting on the wall. I read the tea leaves in education 24 years ago. And we decided to pull our oldest child out of the public school system when she was attending a public school in Oregon. So this was a long time ago. But I think that it is wrong for us to believe, oh, we'll just take uh, like Heidi St. John, I'll just take my children out of the system and then just leave it. For everybody else to just suffer through, but that's these are tomorrow's teachers, right? Exactly. These are tomorrow's educators. These are tomorrow's doctors. tomorrow's Tomorrow's judges, and they vote. And they vote. Yep. And they're they're being indoctrinated right now, and that's the absolute truth. So I introduced you yesterday on the podcast, saying that you were going to come on and talk about social emotional learning. So I really want to start there because I'm getting lots and lots of questions here at the podcast. What do you think about social emotional learning? Is it really as bad as we say it is? And I said this is another educational fad by which the government is coming in and they are trying to hijack. I didn't call it social emotional learning. I call it social engineering legislation because it really is social engineering. Can you explain to parents what, first of all, what is SEL? What is social emotional learning? And then why should parents be concerned about it? Because the schools aren't hiding this anymore. In the battleground school system, they just tried to pass a levy. And at the very bottom of it was this very beautiful little icon that said, here's what your levy money will do. We'll go to fund one of the things with social emotional learning. Well, if you flipped that little paper over, you saw that it also is going to fund an army of psychiatrists and counselors exactly. because you can't implement this garbage exactly. without them. So tell us and what this SEL- is coming. So people say this is this is a state issue. We had yep. this discussion before the show started and I've been deflected by my representative in Congress, that it's a state issue, but actually the money that is funding these dangerous curriculums is coming through 
the federal government. Yes. Through, and people through grant, need to understand this. this. grant money. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is our tax dollars. And we need to stop it there. I mean, I believe in that, you know, cut off the head of the snake. Absolutely. But there has to be something parents can do at the local level. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But to answer your question about social emotional learning, uh, we do have a, a very complete analysis of it available on our website. It's under the issues tab. And of course, it says social emotional learning. We had a, a speaker at an event about a year and a half ago before this COVID uh, situation hit us. We can't have, couldn't have an event until it's coming up now, April 24th. But her name is Mary Hassan. She's written a book and she addressed it in her book. And she said that, a, that this is a descendant of the self-esteem movement. So we have to understand this is not new. It's not a fad, actually. It has been going on for probably 30 years plus. But it is the last of the latest educational fad. And it's called social-emotional learning. Actually, at the time she wrote her book, it was the latest fad. Now the latest fad is a critical race theory Hello. and Black Lives Matter. Right. The term that was sold to the public schools was the whole child. Now, we do not understand that our educational institutions, what we thought were educational institutions, no longer call themselves that. They call themselves social service agencies. Nice. Yes. That's pretty creepy in my book, yep. but it is the truth. And so, yes, they are, they do believe that their mission is to serve, address, teach, mold, shape, prepare the whole child. With your their child. particular point yes. of view. Your child to provide them health care, to tell them what they should think, about the world, about their their country, yes, to shape the whole child. So that may, includes character and ethics education and incorporating psychological insights and group dynamics. Socialism. And, yes, absolutely. So so this has been in the works. It's been in the works, you know, as long as I've been around. It's and this been in can the works. follow yeah. your child. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't fall under HIPAA. Right, because this falls no. under education. So let's say that the social-emotional learning gurus come to my child's school, and they determine that my child has doesn't fit in with the group think, and so they've categorized okay. her a certain way. Sure, sure. Let's say that they said she had a, she struggled with anger or whatever they whatever. thought her deal. Mm-hmm. So that could actually follow her for the rest of her life, oh, right? Oh, yes, because they keep data. Yeah, and in the podcast that I've done on this topic, which is actually based on a white paper that we make available on our website, it's right there. You can find it. I had no idea it was so deep and wide, this Mm -hmm. topic. I thought it was maybe Castle is the name of the organization that's developed, you know, this is, it has just grown and Mm -hmm. mushroomed and spread into this huge thing. And so this Pioneer Institute study, social emotional learning, K through 12 education is the new age nanny state. This is a white paper that was written that if people want to really analyze it, they can read that or they can listen to my podcast while Mm -hmm. they're you know you know running their kids to mm-hmm. and from their activities but it is it is huge and i have some examples also on our website because you know once you hear all that and, and you will be in acronym overload by yes. the time you get done <laughs> yeah because because it has morphed from one organization to the next and to the next pretty soon you don't even know what you're talking about 
the problem is, like you were saying, the, the teachers are being encouraged. And, of course, the young ones coming out of school, they think this is really all cool because now they're 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 psychoanalyzing their kids, literally. Mm-hmm. But yet they're not fully trained to do it. They are not trained psychologists. Well, there is a teacher that you highlight on your website, and I watched the video when it came out oh, a while right. ago. This Indiana teacher who was mm-hmm. fired for exposing the social-emotional learning right. scheme in her school, and she mm-hmm. said, I want everyone to know that everything I said was the truth. I believe parents should be aware of what's going on, and my concern is truly because I care about children and parental rights. After being fired for speaking the truth, I immediately realized I can no longer trust the school to care fairly for my daughter, and I immediately unenrolled her. And her main concern was that SEL is being administered without parental consent, and parents have no ability to opt their children out. And this is what parents need to hear. I yes. keep hearing from parents say, well, social emotional learning sounds like a really good thing. Oh. And it's the new nanny state. It's like you, you don't understand. Like they're not doing something for the good of your child. What they're doing is for the good of the state. And whatever exactly. agenda it is is that the state wants to promote. And mm-hmm. parents, I mean, I've been sounding the alarm like you have yeah. for a long, long time. Parents need to wake up. If this is in your kid's school, you need to figure something else out. Right. So I have a letter here also on our website I'd like to direct your listeners to. And it is a letter that came home to our daughter-in-law uh, pertaining to our grandson. This is Oregon? This is Oregon. Okay. So it was February 24th, 2020. So we try to feature things like this because this is in black and white. It's from the school district. So it's... It's one thing to learn all about it, to learn all of the details about it, where it came from, et cetera, where the money is coming from and all of that. But at the end of the day, what are parents really concerned about? I mean, they need to know, how do I know that this is SEL? I mean, how do I recognize it? Okay, when it comes home to me in a letter. So it's kind of benign. It, it Like you say, the, the parents think, well, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, it sounds kind of nice. I mean, they're concerned about families. So the teacher is writing this letter. She says she wants to let you know about some lessons our class will be doing over the upcoming weeks. As you may have read in some prior communication from our principal this year, we are working to make Bridgeport a place where all students feel safe important and welcome boy yeah <laughs> having this kind yeah having this kind of safe environment is important so that all students can learn and as a result your student along with all students here at Bridgeport will be participating in a series of three lessons well I think it's interesting I'm going to stop you because okay. this is propaganda of the <laughs> highest of the highest order right and one it of the is. one of the reasons why you know it's propaganda is because who's going to argue with that of course exactly. I want my kids to be in a safe environment of course I want the students to all to feel safe and important and welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what she's setting you up for is if you disagree with me, you don't want your kids. Then that you shows don't want that to feel you safe. don't care. And yeah. you don't want, not only do you not care about, about these lessons, but see where it's hidden in there where it says that preparing them to learn, mm-hmm. important that students can learn, see, having this kind of safe environment. So if you are against it, that means you don't want the safe environment. And ultimately, you don't want kids to learn. No, and you're, and you're just a backwards parent who doesn't yeah. know what up from down. Matter? What is with wrong you. with you? <laughs> you dumb, you dumb parent. Give us your kid, and you go, exactly. you go back to whatever it is you thought and you were doing. By the way, I will add this because I have I have seen comments from teachers on some of the many Facebook groups that that we monitor that that teachers will will state to the to the families to the parents. Listen, we're the experts. 
You need to trust us. We've been trained and we know what we're doing and you just need to let us teach. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. Well, and I think it's important to note, you and I both know wonderful teachers. Yes, Who we do. are doing everything yes, they can to stand you. up against this. We know that there are wonderful teachers who uh, see this for what it is. Most of them are losing their jobs right now, right? If you stand up and you say, no, I don't want to do this, your head's on the chopping block right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, so keep yeah. telling us about this letter. Okay, so I'm going to go through it real quickly. So these are three things that they're going to be teaching the students in this fourth grade fourth class. Fourth grade students, Okay, yes. fourth grade. Okay. So below you'll find a rationale for each of these three lessons in which fourth grade students will participate. I recommend spending some time talking with your student about these themes and what they are learning in class. And please let me know. If I'm you have for any you. questions about the lessons, <laughs> I'm here for you. All righty then. So, so the week of March 2nd, they were doing what? Okay, so they're they're learning, yes, the entire week. This is a whole week they're spending on this. The purpose of this activity is to understand that family is a major part of identity. Oh, oh, oh there's that word, identity. Yep. And there are many different kinds of families. So right there... Your I, I family just, I just really is want my kids one... to learn how to how to do long division. Yeah, exactly. So there's wrong? a many kinds of families, and so we need to study the families. So in order to reflect on themselves, so we're going to have the kids reflect. That sounds like psychology, doesn't it? it and appreciate differences. Appreciate not just recognize, but appreciate. appreciate. These are really important. The verbiage is important. Young people need to analyze elements of family and expand. Oh. Their definitions of family. And there you have it. And, and that's actually the, that's it. actually the crux of it, right? So it's right not there. enough. So if your definition, Suzanne, of a family yes. is a father and a mother mm-hmm. who are married and raising their children together, mm-hmm. your definition is needs to be expanded. I mean, that's essentially exactly. what they're saying. They're that's saying, they're give saying. us your children and let us expand their definition exactly. of family. Yeah. So, okay. So I often say to parents, you know, you, you don't go to the teacher and just ask the teacher, you know, do you teach family values? Because according to this, absolutely, they teaching they're family teaching values. family values. Well, and I think it's important for us to say, too, listen, yeah. obviously, there yeah, are different obviously. kinds of families, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. What is so angering to me is that they're taking our children out of our purview and they're mm-hmm. saying our definition of family, what we want to teach our own children, mm-hmm. is no longer what the state deems acceptable. Exactly. And so you give us your child and we're going to do exactly. it for you because you're not doing That's your job. Right. That's, That's right. the bottom line. It certainly is. So week of March 9th, the what March is culture? 9th, and then the next week, well, what is culture? What is culture? I mean, th- I'm good confused. grief. I'm I confused, have no too. Idea. I had no idea. So this will help me, too. Good thing the schools can be. <laughs> good thing the schools can step in and help me mother my own kid. Exactly. So the purpose of this activity, of course, is to explore the concept of culture and help students identify important aspects of their own Cultural identities. identities. There you go. So again. now, understanding culture and cultural differences is an important aspect of appreciating differences. There you go. And analyzing bias. Wait, wait. Analyzing bias Ugh. based on those differences. Now, the question is, whose bias is right? Mm-hmm. It's the state's bias. It's Suzanne. the state's Duh. bias, right? Duh. Duh. Okay, so the, this lesson. Can you see how convoluted and kind of crazy and twisted and turned all ups, upside down? This lesson provides an opportunity for students to define culture. Oh, and race. Here it is. Consider what they already know about cultures around the world. 
and their own culture. Now, really, do our kids in fourth grade need to know about cultures all around the world, unless they're traveling around the world? It's amazing to me because when I I was in school— we learned about different cultures as we studied different countries. So this was yes, part of, of geography, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what they're talking no, no, about. No, 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 that's not what and they're talking And I think parents about. need to understand. They're not going to say, hey, you know, next week we're going to study Mexico, and then we're going to study Brazil, and no. we're going to learn the kinds no. of foods that they make in Mexico and the foods they make. This is not about that. This right, is a exactly. social aspect of culture, and right. they're not talking about the cultures as we have understood it in the past. I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with Suzanne Gallagher. If you guys want more information on Suzanne and the incredible work that she is doing, you can go to parentsrightsined.org and find out all the issues that are on the table, how you can get involved as a parent and really begin to move the needle. Tomorrow, Suzanne's going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation about what parents can do and give you guys practical tools that you can use starting right now to really affect change and give parents of voice in education in this country. Thanks for listening today, you guys, and we will air part two of this interview tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.